Hi listeners, it's Matt. I wanted to give some context around this episode. As you'll hear in this episode, we consciously decided to give those listeners who are over the whole story around Stone and Wood a little bit of peace. We just cover this week's news and admittedly have a little bit of fun about what we're not talking about. We separately recorded an episode looking at all of the comments, or as many as we could cover, over the last week in an extended mailbag, as well as some thoughts and observations of our own. I'll be honest, I'm really debating about whether any more needs to be said for now. You may have seen some quotes that I gave to the ABC, which pretty much sum up my feelings. It's possible to hold two completely contradictory feelings in your head at the same time. And that really seems to be the feeling that I'm picking up from so many people in the industry. It's certainly the direct contact that I've been getting. To quote Pete, we have thoughts. I'm just honestly not sure whether anyone needs to hear any more of them just at the moment. Please indulge us for a little bit longer while we work that out. In the interest of time, we haven't edited around the references in this podcast. Let's face it, we put our editor Joe through enough as it is. But thanks for your patience and enjoy the views of this week. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, our regular wrap of all that has made news in beer this week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the editor and founder of Australian Brews News and... ABC's beer industry analyst, Matt Kierkegaard, <laughs> and ace reporter and senior journalist, Claire Burnett. G'day, guys. I heard it on the wireless. I heard it on the... Uh, yeah, there's an article. He's been the on telly. the telly. <laughs> what? what professional. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't have given the, um, you know, the old original Bruce News t-shirt merch a bit of a run? Man, oh, it, 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 they no, wouldn't have no, got no, it. It, it was it was the ABC. So I wore the corporate ward wardrobe. Well, actually, actually, it was only one that was on television. So the rest mm-hmm. of it, I was just on an anonymous face, um, and then a stock photo from several years ago. Would oh uh, yeah, we even saw that. Looking a bit younger. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ABC. I just told Matt that I had some friends text me from Tasmania, going, "Is this your boss?" And sent me a link to this article, and I was like, "Yes." You never know what's going to happen with these things. So yeah, like you get you get a call, and sometimes they don't go anywhere. So I always get angry phone calls from my mum. Who doesn't listen to the podcast? You know, I should say, Mum, I do a podcast every week. If you want to hear me, you can subscribe. <laughs> listen and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Smash that like button. Oh, you've got the bar blade already. Anyway, um, would it kill you to buy a t-shirt? Help us out. <laughs> yeah, Mum. Throw us a freaking bone here. <laughs> I'll tell you who will be rocking a t-shirt this week. Uh, Phil Sexton. Oh, did you give Phil one? Oh, well, I, I, I showed it to him um, because was there was funny. a whole chat because we had a bit of a chat. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a bit of it. I need to finish it, though. Um, I've got some thoughts, but we'll discuss later. Not in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, Not listeners, episode. big week last week. Um, you heard us grappling with it. There's been so much chat, a lot of emotion invested in the story, but we had discussions being a conscious business that cares about our um, We're a conscious audiences. Media, yeah, a B Corp media organisation in spirit. We want to be better. Yeah, no. So we were worried that people might just be over it. You know, and we, we do get accused of flogging a dead horse. And on a few things. On, on yeah. a few things. But we decided initially maybe not 
cover it because we covered it last week. Um, and it being the Think story we, that we shall not mention in this episode. <laughs> so what we've done, whole episode talking about everything but the thing that we shall story not that mention. <laughs> and then a special edition of Blow the Fold. So look for it. If, if, you, if you're listening to this um, and you want to hear our thoughts, there is a whole second thing. If you're listening to this and you don't want to hear anything, this is for you. We heard you. And we're fixing it. We're going to be more choiceful with our um, coverage. That's it. Yes. Choiceful. You mean mindful? That's right. right uh, <laughs> well, we'll fill you in on that one. That's a okay. that's an okay, old, okay. old gag. Um, so <laughs> let's get it straight into it. We'll cross live now to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of stories making news in beer this week. And Claire, we begin with, is this, I don't know, it's just like, Statal appropriation, or uh, I don't know, we, like <laughs> Queensland is getting a new brewery, but it's originally from Broome, but then it's in Perth, and what's going on? <laughs> so, uh, Good Drinks, the obviously the owner of Gage Rose Bruco, um, announced yesterday that it was um, or it has acquired a venue on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland uh, for its Matzo's brand, which is lovely. So um, that's part of its East Coast growth strategy. Um, some interesting move and an interesting decision to make that announcement so soon after the news that shall not be named, uh, particularly because Lion um, operates the Yamundi Brewery there. Um, and I believe there's the Comiskey Group, which also has a pub down the road or is planning a big pub Mass, down the road. Two massive pubs. Oh, two massive Although pubs. they've got Eaton's Hill, which once. when it opened, it was the biggest pub in the Southern Hemisphere, it's I think. It's not near the Sunshine Coast, no? Um, no. Well, no, but then they've also moved up to Sandstone Point, which is near Bribey Island. Massive, oh, okay. you know, Host Bruce, Spring, host Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. concerts sort of um, pub. That's it. And then they're going in, creating something um, like the farm at Byron Bay. Anyone who's been to Byron Bay? Um, <laughs> I have. <laughs> um, I'm not saying why I've been to Byron Bay. Not in this episode. I mentioned it. I think I got away with it. around this. This is hard. This is hard. Yeah, so fascinating. So... Gage Rogers made no secret of the fact that they've been looking mm-hmm. on the East Coast um, for growth. Obviously, that's where the greatest centre of population is. Um, Sydney in Redfern. This is an interesting one. I've been hearing rumours that they, they, the, the guys have been spotted in Umundi, um a couple of times. <laughs> like in, papped in, the, in Umundi. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in brief, it, it's funny. That, that's so good. Oh, God, I, the I, I, I gossip you, you get is just great. Um, <laughs> Thought really interesting space. Like Yamundi is this bodaciously small town on the mm. Sunshine Coast. Pumps up Wednesday and Saturday for as much as I hate the word the iconic Yamundi markets. In terms of markets, it is people travel to the Sunshine Coast on a Saturday. Um, you know, locals go on a Wednesday just to go to the markets um, and get a lot of people. Businesses do their trade on a Wednesday and a Saturday. Yumundi, the, the Yumundi beer brand, which was founded in the uh, 1980s, it was one of the early, back when it was boutique beer, um, you know, competing against the, the big breweries. A lot of the troubles that brewers are still seeing now. Um, <laughs> this is hard, <laughs> this isn't is it? Hard. Um, and I believe, you know, they had their beer contracted at Lion for some period of time um, when they outgrew their original uh, brewery hub. Business folded, um, Lion bought the assets. <laughs> There's so many oh my parallels. God, too many. Um, and so reinvigorated the brand um, under Chuck Hahn's stewardship um, in 2017. Incidentally, around about the time Lion was kicked out of, or, you know, 
Chuck's involvement was uh, no longer required by the Craft Beer Industry Association that became the IBA. And uh, the Amundi brand started then. It's been growing very strongly, really, really high engagement on the Sunshine Coast because of the love of the brand. Um, but opening a hospitality venue-based business in a small population area with the Imperial Hotel and that brand going up against line on one sense, but then going under significant hoteliers just down the road on another. Um, I, I, I think Sir Humphrey would have called that a courageous decision, Minister. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll wait and see. No predictions, but, you know, certainly wait and see. I think uh, the thinking is Good Drinks wants to make it a um, brewing hub, um, like a brewery hub in, in, in your money. They, they want mm-hmm. the that lure of two strong brewing brands to draw people in. But don't forget, you've got, what, 17, 18 breweries on the Sunshine Coast already. The Sunshine Coast is, as a whole, is almost a Sydney in a West um, and on a population per capita. Actually, that's probably something that we can get our um, trainee to do. Look at population of the Sunshine Coast versus the population of Sydney's in a West, mm. match the number of breweries and do a comparison. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it'll be very, very interesting to see, but courageous decision. We'll uh, see how it plays out for them. Cool. Yeah, I'm guessing the main difference is going to be uh, nicer weather and fewer hipsters on the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> Otherwise, yes, that's squint true. and you think yeah. you're in Marrickville. Yep. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of tie dye and a lot of um, bare feet. Um, <laughs> a lot of also, you do have to track much farther from breweries yeah. into yeah. In the Sunny Coast. More skate, so more skate, walk around, more skateboards, over. fewer fixies. No Uber. <laughs> I, I don't believe it's serviced by Uber. Nope. Um, no public transport. Nope. nope. You'd have um, to drive. They're going to want to have a really good zero alcohol option. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, that's the the, the, the challenges of, of, of doing it in a space like that as a hospitality Absolutely. venue. That's true. Now, while we're on the topic, uh, Claire, of Gage Roads and good yeah. drinks, um, Gage Roads has picked up a Cricket New South Wales sponsorship. They have indeed. And this is an interesting one um, because actually Gage Roads were previously with Cricket Victoria and then that got taken over by Colonial. So the Western Australian brewers are making waves um, in sports sponsorships over here. Um, a really interesting move. Obviously, we've discussed sports sponsorships and things like that before, but there's a lot of movement in that space and there's a lot of it's quite it's quite a cutthroat space, that one. You do a contract for three years and that, or maybe two or three years, um, maybe longer if you're Gage Roads at the Optus Stadium. And then, you know, if it's not working out for any, literally any reason, they will chop and change and um, drop you and go with somebody else. And, you know, that's just the space it's in. Uh, interesting move. And we'll just see how it goes. Obviously, as we've just mentioned, Gage Roads uh, and Good Drinks in general are moving over to the East Coast. So, you know, that's why they wanted to go for um, an East Coast sporting sponsorship uh, with Cricket New South Wales. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Because as we know, a sporting sponsorship is a good way to build a brand. Indeed it is. <laughs> Stop, stop. Apparently, <laughs> allegedly. <Sorry. laughs> it, it, it's actually physically hurting. I know, you're, really, you're struggling. Too many parallels. Anyway. Oh. Uh, Endeavour, Claire, partners with the IBA. Uh, and this is Endeavour Group. Endeavour Drinks Group. Yes. Not uh, the brewery. Dan Murphy's. Yes. Yeah, did, did, yeah. Dan's yes. BWS. Yep. Dan's in, yeah. Dan's talk, talk us through it. Lovely. Um, so Endeavour Group and the IBA are doing um, the trial initiative, basically looking at how breweries and customers can reduce and reuse plastic waste um, in relation to pack tech 
uh, can handles. So obviously, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm always like, what the hell do I do with these? Can I even recycle them? I don't think you can. You can't often in Australia recycle them. Um, so what the plan is, is to basically uh, a brewery will buddy up with a store and they're doing trials in Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne that basically they will drop off their beer so there's no like sending it elsewhere or anything like that. They will the brewery will drop off their beer to that one store, pick up their uh, order of Pactec can handles that are um, have been returned by a customer, and then ho- and if there are any leftover that uh, you know are damaged or whatever, they will be taken away by Vizzy. Uh, East Coast Canning is also helping, so they're helping with logistics of the whole situation. Um, so to be honest, it just jumped out with me as a really nice collaboration between a bunch of different interesting stakeholders. And I think with problems like this, this is the way forward, a collaborative approach. Um, and, you know, I think someone made a slightly snide comment about Endeavour jumping on um, what other people have done. Absolutely other people have done it but before. Brian has done it before. And, and in front of, again, just to show how hard this is, mm-hmm. this is exactly the situation. You know, a lot of small businesses have tried to do this sort of thing, mm-hmm. but you need a national... Yeah. The scale. D- you need scale. Th- th- there are yeah. benefits. And so having big businesses getting involved in this sort of thing only helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having... Uh, and, and, but it's part of the conversation so also and also um shout out to james perrin from mm-hmm. the iba mm-hmm. yes <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing else just the iba <laughs> uh, who's, who's i think the sustainability coordinator he is the um lead of the sustainability group within the iba yes absolute gun when it comes to anything sustainability mm-hmm. anything um you know and amazing to see the iba championing this um, again it, it's, it's why we need an industry association whatever you call it, mm-hmm. we need an industry association who can coordinate centrally mm-hmm. for these sorts of things. Really, really great. You know, it's a great initiative. Don't be snarky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's enough things we can be snarky about yes, in life. And we will today. Yeah. <laughs> Those who may have detected a smirk in Matt's voice, then no, you were mistaken. <laughs> now, another thing that you will not be mistaken by is the power of the influencer. Uh, and uh, there's a pledge by the Australian, uh, the Alcohol Beverages Australia, uh, Claire, to um, an international agreement. Indeed. So um, this has been on our radar, ABAC's radar, um, the ABA's radar we for do, a while We talked now. about it. it, it, it we did, it, literally it, it, two Funnily enough, ago. Like I, I jaw dropped when I saw this because we actually asked the question, you know, is, is there a mm-hmm. way to control um, mm-hmm. the below-the-line People. Yes, the sort of yeah, third so party in, PR and in, marketing. Are we trying to influence the influencers? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, I, 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 I didn't. I gen, genuinely didn't know because it was the limitation that ABAC had sort of identified mm-hmm. um, in that they, they don't control editorial don't, coverage. Yes. So if you're a mainstream media or if you're a media of any kind, if you publish a press release as it is, that still counts as you being a media organization rather than the press release if it's it's all very confusing Uh, the press release is the marketing but then as soon as it gets put on a media platform that instantly is third party like media and without a backspoke maybe the next step is the you know journalist ethics get updated to Mm -hmm. you know promote responsible drinking or which should be fundamental really if you're writing about alcohol anyway well not, it, but it, it no, it's be. not. But I mean, it, it, funnily enough, that's one of the things that, and I've cop stick for in the past. You know, I don't like calling it booze because booze doesn't. And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole yeah. again. But it, it, it's it, flippant, it, and it's it, it, it's flippant. Yeah. Well, alcohol should be something that has mature 
you know, a, a mature approach to because mm-hmm. it's calling beer neck oil and, you know, it, it's smashable and all, all yeah. of those sorts of things just dog whistles to not drinking it as a exactly. finer... Um, and excessive consumption, which is one of the, um, as part of this pledge that the ABA have signed up to with the International Alliance uh, for Responsible Drinking. So they've got not just a whole load of um, alcohol producers, um, Asahi's on there, um, and Kieran's on there, and like a few others like AB and Bev Diageo. Um, but they've also teamed up with some major, like huge global uh, marketing agencies to basically spread this message. I think that's what we found um, when we deal with much smaller companies is that they don't necessarily know that that's a thing. If that can be disseminated through these um, bigger organizations, I think there'll be more awareness in the marketing space that these are issues that the alcohol industry is worried about and therefore should be worried about by their marketers as well. Um, But it was an interesting one. Um, So they've agreed on lots of things that are covered by ABAC, you know, not appealing to minors, no um, promotion of excessive and just ridiculous drinking, things like that. Um, They've also said you cannot describe abstinence in a negative way. So if people are not drinking, um, you can't basically make fun of them or portray that negatively. Obviously a good thing. We like that. Um, but this came off the back of uh, a number. It was at the beginning of the week, I think. The shout announced that uh, Asahi, oh god, and a couple of others who I've completely dropped off <laughs> my mind now. Um, Asahi, um, Coles and Coles, Endeavor yeah, Drinks Group. Coles and Endeavor Drinks Group have um, resigned as signatories of the ABA. However, I looked into it, and actually, um, Retail Drinks is still a member. And the Brewers Association. So they're members of retail drinks and through retail drinks are members of, so they're they're still bound So they just didn't want to double up because it's like being a member of a member of a membership group that which is then of a membership group that you're also a member of yeah so yeah it made much more set. and I was like is that really as big a deal as it, it was made out to be I'm not sure it is they still are indirectly part of that group um they just don't want to pay twice probably is the thing we'll let them off on that one um but no really interesting moves um by the ABA and uh, something we should all keep in mind as uh, and instantly Crickets from fair in terms of congratulations. For <laughs> what a surprise. Again, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. This is a horse I'm going to flog. Mm-hmm. Love the work that fair do in terms of actually educating people about alcohol. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it, it, it's, it's highly partisan. Mm-hmm. You know, they participate in ABAC, but criticise it. Mm-hmm. They participate, you know, um, all of these things. They, they yeah. don't look at the good that the industry is trying to do because they just view it with such cynicism. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone even posted um, on the Drinkwise story earlier this week an article they'd written a few years ago saying why you should be suspicious of Drinkwise. And I was like, you buggers. They do exactly do the yeah. same thing. And look, <laughs> but there is a transparency when the alcohol industry you know, does this sort of thing. There's a transparency to it because you know that it's the alcohol industry funding this thing. Um, it's when you've got a body that put, purports to be about education when it's actually an advocacy and lobby, lobbying body. As I said, change, change its name. Changing it. Change its name to actually what it is. It's the Alcohol Reformation so League. Don't gaslight us. Be who you are. <laughs> uh, sorry, Matt. That Just was to coin a phrase <laughs> there, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay. Sorry, Pete. Yep. That, that, all good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Timing is everything, isn't it? Um, it is. It is. <laughs> wasn't it just a little while ago we were talking about a, a fairly well-known brewery that copped a lot of stick for uh, encouraging vaccinations? Um, but now, 
Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that And that was a tricky one. Uh, so... Um, to the most recent news, uh, VB has launched an advert to encourage Australians to get vaccinated against COVID. Um, we obviously saw Stomping Ground um, take a bit of flack and take off their... Uh, Undeservedly. Vac- yes, yes. Uh, and take off their uh, vaccination pot for shot campaign off the um, social media platforms. So that was a tricky one. And we obviously talked about that. But apparently, timing is everything. We're in the middle of a number of lockdowns state borders are closed um this is probably the time to uh promote vaccinations and it makes sense from that kind of massive macro level where they're trying to get people back into venues and things like that and the faster people get vaccinated the faster that can happen it was really interesting as well because i didn't realize that previously you weren't allowed to offer any free alcohol for anything um via the yeah the therapeutic goods administration but they've changed that rule and i I didn't realize that was the case because of this it's why timing is everything just mm-hmm. captures this because um, um, Stomping Ground did their pot for a shot at mm-hmm. a time when COVID wasn't active in the community. <laughs> Until a week later. And, 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 and a week <laughs> later. That's so bad. But at it? the same time, they took it down so quickly, it didn't really come to the TGA's attention. Yes. To, um, to So they might have actually fallen foul of the TGA at that stage mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, because they were encouraging drinking on one view mm-hmm. of it. O- offering, offering an incentive. Offering yes. incentive, yes, yes. yes. Just for that, for therapeutic good, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, they feel very sorry for them because their heart was so in the right place. It was mm-hmm. a promotional thing, but with a very good end. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, the world changes again, and COVID is, and the ex- the attitude and the need that the public perceived need um, for vaccination changes. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you know, you've got the two biggest because Furphy also um, launched yes. the, the the same campaign. Um, so, and yeah. then the TGA goes, well, ordinarily we don't mm. like this sort of stuff, but well, you that's know, it. yeah, the Scoma social got involved. Scotty from marketing got involved and said, "Come on now, he clearly wearing his Australia flag <laughs> mask." Uh, so, um, anyway, very interesting. Um, as we say, timing is everything, and um, that has happened. Speaking of timing is everything, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) If you uh, go to the second line of your Radio (laughs) Brews News buzzword bingo card, you can tick off brew. Um, (laughs) No, well, last week it was an ad. This week it's news. This week it's news. Isn't that funny? ASX listed um, struggling brewer brew is no closer to the sale of the site that was to become home to its now abandoned world's greenest brewery. In a statement to the ASX this week, the company advised it is still in discussion with Development Victoria um, about the sale uh, and agreed to with the proposed purchaser to extend the date for obtaining approvals from uh, to October 2021. Um, you'll remember that back in 2017, after they listed on the ASX, um, they spent two point something million on land in the uh, Ballarat East Development Zone or. Ballarat West Development Zone, Economic Zone, mm-hmm. um, which was a r- regional industrial development focus um, place mm-hmm. um, with the promises to build the world's greenest brewery. Um, I don't know what it is this week. A lot of talk about regional um, green conscious breweries. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, beat the drum, beat the drum, beat the drum. It was never going to happen. $100 million, mm-hmm. let's face it. They're going to the bank manager to borrow money to get yeah. their beer made these days. So many um, unkept promises going on these days. And so, and the, incidentally, the whole thing was mortgage. So it was an asset on the books, but it was also a debt on the books as well. 
um, in June announced that they were going to sell it. Found a buyer without getting any approvals from Development Victoria, which was one of the main criteria. It was subject, for yeah. It. Well, <laughs> and they had to they because they had to sell it because yeah. the sale was conditional on by February next year, mm-hmm. having built the brewery, employing yeah. hundred people, and and all of these investment things that they just weren't going to do. So it was essentially going to negate the the, the the clause, and not unsurprisingly, Development Victoria isn't doesn't seem to be all that happy. Um, certainly the regional council don't seem to be happy about them sitting on this land um, for um, four or five, four or five, five years. years. Five years yeah, by five the time years it happens now, yeah. for five years and then making $5 million... Profit of it. Profit um, with doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, when that land... you know, If that land is now worth $7.5 million, let's face it, that's the people's. Yep. Um, so no sale, but... Um, so that's been delayed, but as we talked about last week, um, the... The Mildura Brewery, that is, I, I think their other main asset, is now for sale, which is interesting because when they bought it from Stefano de Pieri, the brewery, the pub, the brands, the IP, um, and the land were sold. Brew said in their 2017 annual report that, well, we didn't want the land. I mean, who, want, who wants <laughs> land, says the business that's just bought land. Um, uh so they bought the um, brands and then a company um, owned by Kent Grogan and the other biggest shareholder and then director um, that was created just months before bought the land. So so they, 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 the business bought the brewery, a separate company but related company owned by Kent and the other biggest shareholder bought the land with a loan from Brew um, that they paid interest on and all of that sort of thing. Now they're being sold together. So the thing that I will be watching to see when assuming the sale goes through will be how they apportion. So they get $5 million for it. They're asking seven. Um, so they get five. Um, they bought it for one. Um, mm. or, yeah, God knows how. Well, actually, we don't know how much they bought it for because the, 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 the land wasn't on the books. Um, it'll be interesting to see what portion of the value of the package goes to brew and what portion goes to this other entity that owns the land. Because you know, if I was a brew shareholder, I'd certainly be asking those questions now. It, it's, it's yeah. It how much is lot, the asset? Yeah. Well, yeah. How much is the asset worth? Because exactly. things like you know how much a brewery and equipment are worth yeah. is much harder to ascertain than uh, than, than than land, um, for example. So, mm-hmm. um, but isn't it interesting now that brew is getting rid of literally everything it owns, and they need the cash. <laughs> yeah. But how much cash is going to flow from this sale? Um, we're, we're, and I'm uh, sure they'll spin This it well. is just questions that I think. Are well worth asking. I'm not mm-hmm. casting any aspersions um, or suggestions or anything like that. It'll just be something that will be very interesting to see um, if and when a sale transpires. Something that will be genuinely interesting to see is the new and improved <laughs> Brewing Certificate 3, which has just been released to Claire. It has indeed. Uh, so there's been a revamp of the vocational education program for food and beverage industry in general. And as part of that, um, there's been a revised Cert 3 in food processing brackets brewing. So it's just an interesting one. It just means there's more. it's more clearly defined. There's improved course modules. Um, they basically made it more specific to microbrewing. Um we had a question about whether the Kangan Institute, which is the uh, Victorian Institute, which is do- doing uh, TAFE brewing courses, 
is implementing this yet and they are they won't be until 2022 i believe it'll be similar for others who are just playing out the um previous course and then bringing this one in uh next year but really good to see that this is um a priority for people this is something that um people are constantly adapting and revising and trying to work with um obviously the iba and lots of uh individuals are looking at uh education opportunities and upskilling and things like that so um it's just good to see that that's moving along in the background yeah, and it's obviously had its difficulties um, given that the whole joint's been shut down effectively for the last <laughs> 18 months. Exactly. It makes it a little bit hard to do the, the practical it side of things. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's great to see the training, the people who develop the training modules are constantly, you know, liaising with the industry and looking to see how they can improve, you know, because it, it, it's great for the industry. It is. It's great for brewers who now at least um, – Remember, Matt, you know, when, when this whole thing first started and we started yapping about it, and it was like you, somebody who had a, a science, you almost had to have, you know, a, a microbiology or a food science or, or something, you know, a, a degree that would then give you the basics in, that you could build off to, to learn to be a brewer. Or you consequently, or you, you garage band style, you start home brewing and make all your mistakes small and... yeah. Yeah, but then twenty-three liters at a time. Yeah, constantly learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now this is this is I think a, a nice, uh, I, I guess, a bridge between the two, in that um, you don't need the the full Megillah in terms of you know a science degree or whatever it might be, but yeah. you also uh, at least will have some basic knowledge coming in. And, and as the number of breweries grow, that's it, it becomes more and more important because the you know exactly. there's just the, the talent. It's it's like a uh, you know, an AFL or an NRL, you, you can't just keep adding teams um, without adding talent. You've got to, and that's got to be a grassroots kind of thing. You've got to have the interest um, at, a, at an early but legal age. And then, but, you know, it's nice to have some sort of uh, certificate off the back of it. Absolutely. Yeah, but as I say, you know, every state is different. Oh, which brings us nicely to, um, now is this a, we're doing like a survey monkey uh, we, kind of thing. Yes, How well does yes. your state support its brewers? Bruce News Us, we are undertaking a bit of a research project uh, looking at the individual states, how well they support their brewing industries in terms of loads of sort of regulatory things like licensing, planning and development, whether they've got some sort of craft beer strategy, whether politicians have come out and said, we know we support this. Um, So I'm just doing a little scoping survey at the minute to see what uh, brewers think, what people that are in the brewing industry think uh, the issues actually are. So we've got an idea of the areas we think that, um, just from our own knowledge, that we're looking at. Uh, but this one will be really interesting to see uh, whether there's any difference in the states, how different they are with their attitude and their support of breweries. Um, so we've got a little survey. Um, it's r- super quick. It's just literally, um, what, what do you do? Uh, what state you're in and what you think the problems are. So it won't take long. Um, if anyone has a chance, we'll get the link in the show notes. Um, so let us know what you think. Excellent. If, if, yeah, if, if you're a brewer, um, what matters to you is, is mm-hmm. essentially, yeah. 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 Uh, that'll just about do us, I think, for um, – we did well. To... It was a look. It was a big week of news. It was. <laughs> it was. Even without it was. the it biggest a, story. It was a big week of new, singular. <laughs> there wasn't any news. Um <laughs> There we go. That's that's the news. Now, if you do need to jog on or stop jogging uh, or get back to work, whatever it is, you've caught up with the news now. So that saves you having to go to Australian Brews News website to read it all. We're like the audible. You know, we're just, we're, we're, you sit back and relax. We'll read it for you. But now, uh, 
it's time to move on to a little thing we call below the fold. Let's start off with the mailbag because I need to thank uh, our good friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to www.nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on all the social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. And we do thank them for helping us out by sponsoring the mailbag. Now, don't forget you can review us on iTunes, send us in an email. Um, a couple of people, I think this week, I'm guessing, have, have left comments uh, about the news. Um, if, we, if we read it out, and we haven't read it out before, we'd love to send you, thanks to our friends at Thirsty Merchants. Who also do our beer teas, T-shirts. Yeah, so oh, pick fantastic. up a T-shirt, go to the website. Go, um, if, you, if you feel you know, that you're living in a post-craft world... Um, <laughs> That, that was, Even more accurate. Than is, is, is well it, planned on that. Is, is it too early for post-independence world? Oh. Yeah. Well, it, it, too soon? Are we just post postcraft at the moment? And then, I don't know. I, I, there's a T-shirt in there Stages. somewhere. I can, I, I can, I, <laughs> we'll I, work on it. I have thoughts. Um, you can also join our Facebook <laughs> group. Just search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. Um, so, as I say, um, we, we do love that uh, you guys like to listen to this for whatever reason. We love that you subscribe. We love that you leave us reviews um, on your podcast, favourite podcasting app or, or the Apple Podcasts or, you know, depending on where you get it. Um, we do like to, to thank you for that uh, because, as I it costs you nothing, but it helps other people to find this podcast and the stuff we talk about. And some of the stuff we talk about is not related to anything that happened in the news last week. Claire, what's our first one from Shane Westmore? Um, oh, re, uh, the Gage Roads at the cricket. So it was an interesting to see the reactions on this one, actually. Um, mixed responses, funnily enough. Um, so Shane says they had, um, at, at Cricket New South Wales, they had Four Pines, Amber Ale and Pacific Ale earlier this year and Bolterex beer as well. At least those were better than the mid-strength dirt beer. Not 100% sure what he was talking about then. Um, I haven't yet found a Gage or Colonial beer that I like. Um, when Gross Northern was the only option during test matches, you had to pop out to the tap house for lunch beers to get the taste out of your mouth. <laughs> I mean, you could just not drink it if that was the case, but apparently that's not the case. Um, interesting that they made that sort of uh, division and that, you know, the idea that maybe that kind of craft bit isn't supposed to go in a space like that. I think he's trying to allude to. Could be an interesting one. Um, Shane uh, Jasper in the next comment, um, he said... This Just is Brizza. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, that's, they, 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 <laughs> Sorry. Um, this is great, but that Just was Just Brizza, there... I think it might be. Yeah. Shane knows who he is. It's not the first time. Shane knows who he is. Shane. Yeah, Shane O. Shane O. Shane O. He's been on here before. Rabbit hole. We need a rabbit hole alert. We do. Did anyone hear the news announcement this morning about Australia's going nuclear submarines? Um, and Joe Biden, uh, yeah, it would have been our Prime Minister's grandest moment being, you know, spoken to directly in front of the world's media um, with Boris Johnson, you know, oh God. representing the big three. And um, Joe Biden says, and Boris, thank you very much. And um, um, <gasps> no. to, to my mate here um, from Australia, oh, uh, Prime Minister. Australia. Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs> so, the, yeah, it was his big moment. And he gets... Uh, G'day, mate. Oh, <laughs> anyway, Shane, you know who you are. Yeah. We know who you are. We know who you are. Unlike the US president. Um, Shane says, this is great, but was there no New South Wales-based brewery that could have done it? Drink local and all. Um, someone made the point that uh, Gage, via its Atomic Beer Project brand, has actually got a brewery in New South Wales and Sydney. Um, so where do we where do we put that line? Like where... 
Should we have a line? Is there a well, yeah. line? Born, this and, is the born, and, raised, don't care. born and raised in Western yeah. Australia, or, or something. Yeah, could, yeah, you could have some sort of tagline like that. Yeah, yeah. But this Although is people the will be like, "Why does that resonate with a New South Wales cricket audience?" I guess is the yeah. criticism of but that. But this is the problem when you sort of start marching behind a banner that mm-hmm. says, "This is what I stand for." You know, whether it's local or whether it's you know, what does that mean? Or what happens when Gage Roads? you know, from Western Australia and comes over here with its Matzo's brand or, mm-hmm. you know. Aren't, aren't we all just Australian? Yeah, well. We're all just Australian at the end of the day. I mean, not we, West, it's, West Australia. They, they are a little bit different over there. It's just <laughs> let's, let's be perfectly frank. As long as it's good beer, I guess I'm all right with it. Well, there's another, there'd be another good tagline, like good beer is our thing or something like that. You could yeah. put that on here. Yeah, own. yeah. Because then it wouldn't matter whether you're independent. It wouldn't matter. Can you trademark that? Who Ooh, I don't know. I, We'd I don't have know. to ask James Omond. We, yeah, we might have to. But um, it's a bit, even that thing about good beer, what is good beer? Because people are dissing the like stuff that, that I've got to What did Shane, different... Shane Westmore? The Gross Northern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gross Northern. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, listen to Phil Sexton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he thinks Budweiser is the best. Was it Budweiser or? Who's this? Yeah, no. um, Phil Sexton in, in the conversation. Oh, yeah. I, I think it was Budweiser, you know, as he said over and over again, Budweiser is the best beer in the world. Because no, it, it, it if it you if as a consumer you want flavour mm-hmm. on that metric, probably not. But in terms of consistency, you know, yep. no, no, it, and, and that's where it is. And if we come, and don't forget also that the way you feel about a brand influences the way you taste it, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it your was, setting affects it. And There's so many and all different of these things. things. And yeah. so there's this idea that what is good beer. Um, and look, I'm as guilty of it. You know, my business when I first started doing tastings was called Good Beer Lunches, um, and it was my definition of good beer. And I was trying to bring people into, you know, in, in those days it was craft beer. But look how many brewers are embracing light lagers, as we've talked about on the show, mm-hmm. rice lagers and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that once upon a time would have been, you know, oh, you, you the, would the, have the domain of scans. Yeah. Mm. Like, no, that's, um, that's so, what they do. That's not what we do. Drink boys. beers that you love. Mm. Um, ultimately, it, my good friend, um, uh, <laughs> my, my, my good friend, hey mate, <laughs> my, my good friend Ian Watson, who I started uh, good beer lunches with, mm-hmm. you know, it says a beer meets its beery destiny when you drink it, um, and I'll add to that when you enjoy it, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's what it's for. But then there are these all of these other things that as consumers we emotionally mm-hmm. invest in. But more of that yes. later. Yes, let's, you, yeah, let's keep to that. Speaking about good beer lunches, see, I thought yep. I, I didn't think of that as good beer. I thought of that about it, it's a, a beer lunch. And oh yeah, and like the good. general lunch. They're good. Yeah. They're a good beer lunch. Not good beer. Uh, well, see, but see that that's where it's funny. You know, as passionate as I've been, you know, for my beer life as being about beer that isn't that you know that that adds to the vibrancy of the industry and gives back and um, things. It was never, you know, we, you know we, we debated what the definition of craft beer because if you're going to talk about it, something, you want to have an idea of what you're talking about. But it was, you know. And, someone's always going to ask you, how will I know it? when I? Yeah, what, what do you mean craft beer? What am I looking for? Mm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, you know, 15, or 10, um, eight years ago, you know, it was all, we want, you know, th- th- on a mission thinking that one day everybody is going to drink what we call craft beer. And the, the, the longer it's gone on, the more you realise that, well, actually not everyone does. Um, you know, and a brewery recently um, launched a beer that was an absolute, you know, acknowledgement that not everyone wants to drink our other beers, that our biggest beer... Our original to, beers. 
our original beers um, because they're too fruity or and, and, and that's something that the, the industry is finding and the contemporary beer market that arguably didn't exist 10 years ago before Great Northern is now 30% of the beer market and Great Northern that didn't exist 15 years ago is now you know mid teams and climbing quickly of the beer market that's a lot of beer that's a lot of people who want to drink that um, arguably Corona you know the liquid isn't different and it's the brand promise that it represents is different. Um, you know, I defy a lot of people to drink a fresh Corona and a fresh Great Northern and well, the come lime, on, come the lime would be and, and meaningfully uh, describe the difference, um, even if they can pick the difference. It, it is a you're right, Matt. It's a lot to do with with marketing and um, you know, the, like you say, you, you summed that perfectly. That it's the brand promise that's sort of encapsulated. It's the storytelling behind in it. your label. Yeah, if you'd like to tell a story, and um, you'd like to do it with labeling. You can contact Reynolds. If you've Labels got a good story, packaging. or if you change your story, Pete. Yeah, or if you need, yeah, that's right. If you need to change your brand promise, consciously or if you want to turn the page on that book, that's right. Um, if, then there is no better custodian of your brand promise <laughs> yes. than Rowling's labels, stickers, and packaging. They're able to not su- just supply labels for your cans or your bottles. Uh, they can also supply printed or blank cartons, can trays, tap decals, barcodes, shrink sleeves. Um, if you wanted to, I don't know, um, you know, like. Drop messages, propaganda style, World War Two propaganda style from an aeroplane. You know they could probably do that for you as well. Give them a call. Make one... sure it's not a full can of beer, though. No, no, no. Well, it'd be little pieces of paper. Um, okay. Give them a call on one three hundred eight five two two three five. Hey, do you know? Um, you probably don't because I'm talking to the listeners now because you don't have the show notes in front of you. But support from for this episode comes also from Scar Fabricating. Scar Fabricating builds reliable automated packaging line equipment. It's handcrafted. It makes life easier for brewers and their production teams. So if you're a brewer and you're looking for the best way to get your product out of your tap room and into the hands of your customers, Scarfab has you covered. Scarfab specialises in helping breweries of all sizes get their beer from keg to can. To find out more about how Scarfab can help you sell more beer, Visit scarfabricating.com today. That's scar, S-K-A, fabricating.com to get started today. Mate, that's an interesting bit of storytelling that they're doing there. You know, handcrafted, when you're talking about something, you know, like I've got visions when, like if you take that literally, I've got visions of them whittling out of, you know, a a, a block of metal. A block of stainless steel and carving carving a keg. But but we know what they mean. You know, it's made with love and attention. Um, That's right. And thank you to Scar Fabricating for, you know, not just showing the love and attention that they give to their packaging lines, but they give to this podcast. Exactly. And in turn, to you, because it means that, you know, we can get really good bandwidth and stuff. like that. It means we don't have to charge you <laughs> for this stuff. The internet stuff going on. Dear you listener. <laughs> Unless you want to join in and give us a yeah. bit of anyway. because you value what we do. And you value our independence, our independent thinking. That's it for my bag. And therefore, that's it for Below the Fold, isn't it? It is. I think so. That's the the episode. I think we did it. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think we did. Well done, everyone. Uh, Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks very much, Claire. Uh, Drink fresh, drink local. Look after yourselves and each other and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. 
Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.